All right, so hey, what's up everybody? I'm gonna shut this door real quick. Give me one second. I kinda, the vents on the hyperbaric oxygen therapy kind of are in the background and hopefully that wasn't something that interfered with sound if anyways, if it was, doors are shut. So we're gonna be talking about um, bowel movement frequency in breastfed infants. Um, this topic I ultimately wanted to discuss and kind of pull the research. I'd honestly never really looked at the scientific literature in reference because in, through chiropractic school, um, we had been taught about the um, oral fecal reflex. That was the common terminology for it. If you look on the National Library of Medicine, NIH website, you'll see that it's called the gastrocolic reflex. Um, oral mouth fecal reflex so ultimately um, we are taught that when a infant or an individual eats um, we should have a increased digestive motility increased bowel movement frequency um, our digestive tract the muscles of our GI tract should actually begin to contract more frequently following a meal especially in infants um, because in infants it's more of an autonomic nervous system um, uh, function, it is still with adults as well, autonomic or automatically occurring. Uh, but in adults, oftentimes we're running gun, we're on the run, eat and run, you know, get back to work, do those things. So we actually consciously um, suppress our oral fecal or gastrocolic reflex. Um, we're basically just, you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to hold it, pinch it off so that I don't have to go right now because I want to get things done. Or we're back into that. Or we never actually go into a full-on parasympathetic, you know, response that is necessary for appropriate digestion and defecation. So those are the things. So I had always been taught, and that's what I learned. So I was like, didn't need to look at the research. But most recently, a few weeks ago, we actually had a post on Instagram that got a ton of comments on it. And the good, the bad, and the ugly came out. It was quite comical to me. You know, and um, I'll have something to say here in a minute to all those people who are kind of naysayers when it comes to chiropractic uh, care on infants and with infants. So, um, but um, we got people out there saying, oh, it's completely normal. I had a lot of the Karens come on the page. If you know what a Karen is, you probably get the joke. But um, come on the page and basically um, rail me for, say, for adjusting an infant that was dealing with constipation um, and not having frequent bowel movements, which were then normalized with a baby. I've had babies crying hysterically through the nights um, and parents distraught because their baby is obviously suffering. Um, and one adjustment, I had a baby poop before they left my office. Literally, uh, I adjusted a baby's atlas, would be top bone in the cervical spine. And this infant literally defecated right then and there, had a blowout on my adjusting table. Um, and, you know, it was kind of comical that other parents, and this was not the first adjustment that this baby was being adjusted. Obviously, we, we got parents' permission to do a video of the baby getting adjusted. Um, the baby had been dealing with constipation before, and now that the constipation issue had been resolved, you know, then they could wear the white outfit. So if you go back on our Instagram page, I, I actually may know whether it's on our Facebook page as well. Um, but uh, yeah, there was parents noting, oh, if that baby is really dealing with constipation, uh, they wouldn't be wearing a white outfit because they'd be looking forward to a 
bout for a blowout and uh well, that's the thing is we restored that um, that gastrocolic reflex. Um, so we actually restored proper neurological balance and that reflex was restored and thus that baby had regular bowel movements then after. So it was a tune-up, it was a wellness adjustment, it was not to resolve the current issue. So that's probably why the mother was okay with wearing a <laughs> baby wearing a white outfit. So but what I would say to this is I had a lot of people saying, how dare you ever adjust an infant? You know, I would like to say, what's the alternative? Should I stand idly by when I adjust my babies since the day they were born? I, I've been checking their spines, making sure their spines are in the best alignment that I could possibly give them as a chiropractor and father, loving father. And I wouldn't do something that I had if I felt at any way, shape, or form had a risk to my children. Um, so, and I see some uh, questions there. Ashley, Andrea, I appreciate you guys tuning in. I'll check that one out um, real quick here, and then I'll get back to that note. Uh, I've had so many moms argue with me on this. I finally told one mom, try not pooping for two weeks and let me know how you feel. <laughs> Ashley, you're spot on there. Yep, everybody's a little, you know, <laughs> irritable. When, because they got irritable bowel syndrome. They're irritable because their bowels are not moving, right? Okay, anyways. But what's the alternative? Should I just let infant do nothing and just suffer? I mean, I've had an infant that was being seen at Vanderbilt gastroenterology. So gastroenterologists were seeing this infant, and all they could do is suppositories and anal um, stimulation to try. So you're okay with taking a doc, taking your baby to a medical physician, having them do anal stimulation to try and get the baby to go poop versus a chiropractor adjusting with the thumbs on their sacrum and areas of their spine gently to move those vertebrae back into proper motion and alignment. And I kind of do the quotes because in reality, a lot of times it comes down to a more of a stress response than it is like a true a subluxation is a fixated joint out of the appropriate position for that body overall body position um, and it causes a stress response on the nervous system that stress response can induced reduce induce a reduced um, effect of parasympathetic responses which include digestion rest and digest portion of our nervous system. If somebody's stressed out, guess what? What happens under stress? If you were running from a tiger, I don't care if you were ready to go poop right then and there, and you're like running to the bathroom, squeezing your cheeks together, and you're like, uh, I'm, I better get there quick, and then all of a sudden you see a tiger. Guess what? You're constipated immediately. Or maybe you wouldn't be constipated, you have immediate diarrhea. You know, you're one or the other, because that's what a sympathetic, all right, a heightened sympathetic tone does to you. All right, it's stress. A stress response is going to reduce bowel motility or movement of your bowels. So guess what? If there is stress because the spine is not functioning appropriately, there's a mus musculoskeletal, neuromusculoskeletal situation going on in that child's spine, guess what? An adjustment, restoring proper mechanical movement and alignment is then allowing for less stress in the system, thus re restoration of neurological homeostasis and increased bowel frequency or normalization. That's what we're doing there. So should I say to the, the should I have said to the mother and father who literally hand me their baby as soon as they walk into my clinic, um, or as soon as I actually walked into the exam room, and the father and mother literally look at me and they're like, what are we doing wrong? We don't know. 
all right? They're distraught. Their baby is sleeping on average 30 minutes at a time. Mother and father would swap back and forth, rocking their child and patting them on the back, trying to comfort them. This baby, hours upon hours, every single night, literally of this child's life. And this baby was a few weeks old. I adjusted this baby one time and the baby slept on the way home. And the parents were amazed at the results, even in bowel frequency as well. So that is what I did for those parents. That's what you know, the body's design did for the parents. I just corrected and removed an interference that was causing stress on the nervous system. Should I have said to the mother and father who brought me an infant, again, being seen by gastroenterologists at Vanderbilt University Hospital, a research hospital, this baby was bleeding in its diaper from severe constipation, again, going in for anal massage, basically, stimulation to try and get the baby to go poop and suppositories, five weeks old, and it was literally having anal tears, anal tears because of the infrequent bowel movements and the severe constipation, all right? And this baby wasn't exclusively breastfed, and we're going to talk about why exclusively breastfed in the situations of a reduced colic or gastrocolic reflex doesn't necessarily cause that severe of a problem. We'll talk about that, all right? But should I have said to the parents, ah, I shouldn't adjust infants. Yeah, I'm going to just not do anything for your baby, yet let your baby suffer. That's what, that, that's what some people think I should have done, I guess. But I said, you know what? When it's in the power of my hands to help somebody, I'm going to do it. So I went ahead, adjusted that baby, and guess what? The mother on Monday, because that was a Friday back when I was open on Fridays for chiropractic adjustments, the mom comes back in on Monday and says, oh my God, the poop just flowed out of that baby the entire weekend. All right? And the baby normalized in its bowel movements, no longer having bleeding in its diaper, and yet I'm still waiting on the phone call from the gastroenterologist at the university or the Vanderbilt University Hospital of Research because, I mean, I'm sure they'd want to do research on how in the world a baby that couldn't be correct, a, a dysfunction uh, in, in chronic condition causing such severe suffering in an infant, you know, why wouldn't they want to study chiropractic and fund a research study on that? I just don't understand why they wouldn't want to do that. But anyways, so, all right. So I only have a few minutes before I have a consult, so I'm going to get to some of the research studies. But let's read you this. Physiology. And again, this just goes back to physiology. Just what is the physiological, normal physiological process supposed to be? There's what's called the gastrocolic reflex. It is a physiological reflex that controls the motility, the movement, of the lower gastrointestinal tract following a meal. As a result of the gastrocolic reflex, the colon has an increased motility, in response to the stretch of the stomach with the ingestion of food. Now, guess what? If mother is producing just a little bit less milk, you may be actually producing enough milk over time for the baby to sustain a great quality of life and health um, and growth pattern, but if there's lower amounts in a single meal, you're not going to get that stretch reflex as much. So that may be the situation, and it may not be a spinal misalignment in the baby. Because if the stomach doesn't stretch, it doesn't trigger that neurological feedback to the nervous system, to the brain, the spinal cord, everything, and then the reflex then sending signals to the lower colon to increase motility. So you may not get that type of gastrocolic immediate reflex where a baby eats and then they poop. And that's common in infants. They eat and then they poop. They eat and then they poop. All right? That would be best situation. All right? Now, 
Gastrocolic reflex allows room for con consumption of more food via control of peristalsis. Peristalsis is, again, that m controlled muscular movement um, towards the colon. Um, ingested food uh, distally towards the rectum. Um, myoelectric, that's muscle electric recordings, demonstrate the reflex in the large intestine that shows a spike, an increase in that electrical activity and muscle contraction minutes following food consumption. So that's normal physiology. That's what is supposed to happen. So, and with infants feeding more, there should be more frequent stimulation and that reflex, that neurological reflex, thus more frequent bowel movements. So let's go ahead and look at some of the research. And before we do that, let's look at things like very well family, which I don't, didn't really give very well information. It's not bad, I would say, but they do kind of play off the infant constipation caused by breastfeeding. No, it's not. See, I, I, that, that title is, and this is what I saw on Instagram and on Facebook, was there was even mothers saying that, oh, my doctor told me that um, a breastfed baby, and I'm, I'm like, great. I love the fact that you're breastfeeding your infant. That's amazingly, that's amazing benefit to your infant. But the doctor's advice and the myth and idea that breastfed infants are supposed to poop less because they consume or they absorb all the good stuff that's in breast milk. And he says it's such nutritious, um, it's, it's such a quality nutrition compared to formula, which it is, that then they absorb most of it, therefore they won't poop as often. That's what they were told by their medical physicians. That is not accurate with what the science shows. And that is not logical because then it would mean that my wife's or, you know, Ashley's wife's uh, or Ashley, not, uh, Ashley on here, um, her comment about the more frequent bowel moves in her breastfed infants, um, it would mean her babies or her milk wasn't as quality as another, the other mother's whose baby wasn't going every week. You get me? If one thing is normal, then the other thing is abnormal. Okay. Now. I will say this, and I'll, I'll spill the beans here and let you know that breastfeeding protects against the severity of the inflammation and the discomfort in the infant if they are having constipation or reduced bowel motility, all right? So that's why breastfed infant babies oftentimes don't have the same colicky or severe intestinal discomfort, pain, and problems as a formula-fed infant Thus, they get diagnosed with constipation less often, and they're told it's normal because the baby doesn't seem to have any problems stemming from the infrequent bowel movements, which is true. So your breast milk protects against the discomfort to your infant if they do lack the appropriate gastrointestinal or oral fecal reflex. So, but breastfeeding does not cause constipation like this article, this medical physician attempts to portray. And again, it is a myth within the medical community that medical physicians are somehow wherever they're getting taught this, it's wrong. It's not according to what the science says. Breastfed infants are supposed to poop more frequently than formula fed infants. All right. All right. So here we got an article. This was published in 2018, the bowel movement characteristics of exclusively breastfed and exclusively formula fed infants differ during the first three months of life. All right, so daily stool frequency was significantly higher in breastfed infant, breastfed than formula-fed infants, in uh, infants in the first and second months. Now, 
Note this, infrequent stools occurred in 28% of the breastfed and 8% of the formula-fed infants at least once, all right? So it wasn't uncommon for them to have an acute, and actually it notes after the three-month period of time, um, it wasn't uncommon, and it occurred in 28% of the breastfed infants that they would have a infrequent, uh, a period of infrequent stools. All right, so with regards, here's what it says. With regards to the infrequent stools, the authors reported a case of a breastfed infant who, with no bowel movement for 27 consecutive days between weeks 7 and 11, this child was fine, did not present any symptoms of gastrointestinal or systemic disease, and had a bowel movement at the end of this period. This child only passed 14 stools during the first 16 weeks of life. Now, holy cow, 27 days. That is not normal physiology. That is an indicator of a, quote, dysfunction. Luckily, for that infant, breastfeeding reduces the severity of suffering and problems in that infant. So thank God, with that condition, that child didn't have to suffer because their mother was breastfeeding. Do you guys understand? I hope you do. And if you have any questions, please put them in the chat. All right. Um, breastfed infants pass more stools. Again, breastfed infants pass more stools, more liquid stools than formula-fed infants. And again, why? Why would there be less discomfort? Because it stays more of a liquid. They absorb more of it. They have less bolus increase in the stretching, in the discomfort that would occur, and the fermentation is not the same as it would be in formula-fed infants. Thus, there's less problems. And it's much more common for formula-fed infants with the constipation and acute bouts of infrequent stools to have more discomfort because it becomes harder when a breastfed infant, their stools don't typically become hard. All right, so it needs to become hard typically for it to cause discomfort and pain. So, and actually breastfeeding is considered to prevent constipation. Parents are usually advised that their breastfed infant should have at least, at least three soft stools daily during the first four to six weeks of life. However, some breastfed infants may have no bowel movements for several days or even weeks. Healthcare providers um, usually refer to the situation as an infrequent stools or infrequent bowel movements in breastfed infants, despite the absence of discomfort, such as no hard stools and no crying or distress during defecation. So it's an infrequent, they classify it not as constipation because they're not having the discomfort, they're not crying, and they don't have distress. Again, the distress, the crying, the discomfort often comes from the hardening of the stool with constipation in the formula-fed babies. All right, so again, mother's milk protects against the discomfort, the crying, and the suffering in the child. So good job, mama, for that situation. And uh, my heart goes out to all the mothers that may have difficulty in breastfeeding. And, um, you know, there are herbs and there are chiropractic care and there's stress reduction. There's things that could help you. And uh, I've helped mothers along the way in those situations as well. Um, and there's other factors that go into that as well, tongue ties and other things. So. The underlying mechanism of infrequent stools, already talked about that, kind of hit on these exclusive breastfed infants, and I'll give you the links in, we always put a PDF of the rum on our uh, locals page, and I believe this one will go up on uh, my website as well as here, but we do give links to these studies if you'd like to have them on hand yourself. 
The exclusively breastfed infants in our study had more bowel movements during the first two months of life and more liquid stools during the three months or the first three months of life than exclusively formula-fed infants, but the infrequent stools mainly occurred after one month of age and were observed in 3.5 times higher, more often exclusively breastfed infants than exclusively formula-fed. But those infrequent stools were a short period of time without the discomfort or less frequent discomfort and problems. So let's look at another study. Again, what does the research show? Should formula-fed infants poop more or poop less? Should breastfed babies be normalized? Should it be normalized that breastfed infants, uh, when a breastfed infant is not pooping frequently, should it be normal? No, it is not normal because that's not normal physiology. All right, is it a, because here's the deal. If you have a decreased oral fecal reflex, if you have decreased neurological tone that allows for proper defecation, then that can be a sign of stress on the system. Long-term stress can eventually lead to other health problems. Thus, you look at the risk with constipation in adults and you extrapolate according to research, you look at many different health conditions, mood disorders, cancer. Um, you look at gastrointestinal problems like in, in, involved in, in association with autism and neurological conditions. You look at the risk of Crohn's disease, colitis, IBS, you know. So again, this is a warning sign in and of itself is not necessarily the problem. We want to resolve it by getting to the root cause of the problem. And if it is a spinal misalignment, then the best thing those infants could have is a chiropractic adjustment, all right? Frequency of defecation was highest in the 15th day and the median six, six per day for breastfed infants. Decrease in age between four, Four day, three day, first and second months, respectively, two per day between third and twelfth months during first five months. The stool frequency was higher in infants who were exclusively breastfed compared to those who were fed with breastfed or form and formula. Stool frequency decreased by half the second month when the rate of less than once per day attained its highest value of twenty four percent of the breastfed infants, I believe. Um, exclusively breastfed feeding uh, was also effective on stool frequency. Exclusively breastfeeding was effective on increasing frequency. It points out that the infants who are fed, uh, fed with formula in addition to breastfeeding may defecate less than once per day, hence should not be diagnosed as having constipation depending solely on defecation frequency and should not receive unnecessary treatments. Um, so again, they're, they're talking about this in the sense of, you know, formula can cause problems with the microbiota, it can cause more inflammation, it increases intestinal permeability and translocation of bacteria, thus can increase inflammatory conditions and problems like that. That's what formula can do to infants and gastrointestinal tract. We know that from other research and science. Um, but again, I would still wanna say, I want a baby pooping every day. That's what I want. Now I'm gonna say that my children have never dealt with infrequent bowel movements for time periods. Yes, they have. And one of the things that we had to do was clean up. Um, my wife had to do a better job at cleaning up her diet. And we did a series of food allergy testing so that we could, or sensitivity testing as many would call it, um, as to look at inflammatory triggers, which then also resulted in, because I could see and understand that the spine was clear. So therefore it was not a chiropractic issue. It was not an issue that chiropractic care was going to resolve. We had to look elsewhere. And that's where we looked at the mother's diet. And it is within the medical literature that 
a mother's consumption of inflammatory foods and inflammatory triggers or allergenic foods to her or the baby can actually, and leaky gut in her could ultimately allow for food proteins to get in her bloodstream and in the milk and then affect the baby. So those are other factors that could be involved in a situation of constipation in an infant. I'm talking very fastly because I wanted to get through this and obviously I probably should have chose a time period when I had more time. Um, in order to dif differentiate the normal and abnormal, physicians should be informed about the frequency, consistency, and color of the stool and healthy infants and factors related to the characteristics. This had a really good statement. Breastfeeding protects the infant from defecating a hard stool during early childhood. And again, the defecating of a hard stool can cause pain, discomfort, crying, irritability. Those are the problems in the child. Those are the symptoms of the problem. The problem is the cause of the infrequent bowel movements or constipation. Previous relationship studies between feeding pattern and the bowel habit showed that stool frequency was higher among infants who were being breastfed. Again, the science is clear that, all right, infants fed or feeding breast on breast milk, being breastfed, should have more frequent bowel movements. That is normal, and it should be multiple times a day, or that would be the best scenario and situation. So, um, when so since the stool frequency was higher among infants and exclusively breastfed than those those ones who were on formula, in addition to breastfeeding during the first five months, the disappearance of the difference between the groups appeared around six months when the complementary feeding had started unanimously um, across the exclusively breastfed around six months. Then they started to add solids or other foods outside of breast milk. Supports the effect of feeding pattern on stool frequency. There can be various reasons for this. The infants that exclusively breastfed may have been defecating more frequently due to the gastrocolic reflex or due to the water-soluble non-digestible carbohydrate content of breast milk. Non-digestible. Wait a minute. What about those mothers and doctors who say, well, it's just breast milk so good, therefore they absorb everything, therefore they have nothing left to poop out. That's not scientific in any way, shape, or form. So, that statement. So, like pointing out, 35% of infants diagnosed with functional constipation are in fact defecating every other day, less than three and a half per week. Defecating frequency and hard stool are good indicators of characterizing constipation again. Um, so yeah, so that was a good, another good study, again, related to breastfeeding, formula feeding, and other things. Constipation, hard stools are associated. Here's another study, relationship between stool hardness and stool composition in breastfed and formula-fed infants. This is looking more the con the composition. And again, it goes back to, and to sum this one up, breastfed infants poop more frequently in the composition. What is, what is their stool made up of? What is the weight? That type of thing. And guess what? Formula-fed infants had a higher composition with calcium in their stools, formula-fed, and, and um, fats, soaps, and hardening of their stool, and higher weight of their stool. And again, that's what increases the stretching and discomfort in the intestinal tract, thus causing formula-fed infants to get um, to have more suffering. So that's, again, it goes back to the benefits of uh, breastfeeding. I also want to point out here that in this journal of spinal cord, this is not a chiropractic journal, but this is to fortify the understanding that why and how chiropractic can benefit because they understand that neural pathways, nervous system pathways, all right, for the control or colorectal control, relevance to spinal cord injury and treatment 
and narrative review. And they talk about spinal cord injuries can cause a decrease in the reflex, the neurological control, the communication from the brain to the intestinal tract to allow for the muscle contraction. All right, that communication is necessary without interference is the best situation for that infant. All right, that is why if an infant, even if a breastfed infant is not going to the bathroom on a regular basis, ideally daily, I would love to have that baby checked out by a chiropractor. I'd love to see them checked out by a chiropractor because if there is something that is spinal related that caused future structural problems in their spine, well, we could take care of it in this warning sign was the infrequent bowel movements. And if there is a situation where they have decreased neuronal control, there's a neurological interference there that could result in future health problems, more problems because the child's body is not functioning at its best. That's the way I see decrease in frequency of bowel movements, even in breastfed infants, shouldn't be something that is just brushed aside and said that is normal because it's not. All right, y'all. Appreciate y'all. Um, if you have any questions or comments, put them in the Facebook chat. Um, you can find us on Locals, Instagram, other places as well. And we always will be putting up links to all of these research studies so that you can read the research for yourself and make an informed decision on any healthcare topic you so choose. All right. See y'all.